I say, I don't ask for money from advertisers. That's how uh, this uh, business is a business that, uh, that, that um, the Patriot community is in. That's how it works. That pays the advertisements that you hear, the advertisements, I should say, that you hear, pay for the station, the time, the equipment, and the engineers and all the rest of it that goes along with it. Never mind the electricity bills, which are going up all the time. Now, last night I mentioned how geopolitics has been used across the world for since ancient times by those who understand the science to take over and destabilize nations. And I talked about Iran. I'm going to give some more links concerning previous declarations by governments to destabilize Iran, uh, Iran that they've given out in the past. Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. And just before the break, I was mentioning the fact that geopolitics is part of war strategy, long-term war strategy. It takes many forms. And often before countries will actually invade another country, they send in uh, operatives with lots of money. And sometimes uh, they're teachers for universities and so on. And their job is to gain a following uh, or to push and create groups that will eventually protest governments and help bring down regimes from within. And those who follow technically are used because even though, for the case of Iran, for instance, the people there who want democracy, they still want a, f- a form of nationalistic uh, democracy where they have a say in their own affairs. And democracy sounds wonderful. All these things, even the Soviet Union, if you read their, their charter, it sounds absolutely wonderful on paper. Uh, same with the United Nations Charter, the model after the Soviet Union. That sounds wonderful on paper, but in reality, it never works that way. In fact, it's nothing like it whatsoever. So, so people are used as pawns to bring about something they think they understand, but they don't. You see? It's like saying, let's give everyone a free coupon to buy um, a, a, an electric car tomorrow for all the, all the New Agers and those who have fallen for global warming. Uh, it would sound wonderful to them all until you find it's an adinky toy, uh, and it's actually that, it's a toy, something you put around on a table. That's really what these charters end up being, because there's another agenda behind it. But it's important that those people who are used to destabilize from within think they're really after some progress. Uh, And they're always given the idea that they're imagining the correct type of progress, and never ends up that way. Never. Because remember, the system we're going into worldwide, really under it, in fact, is a new feudal-type society. Feudalism. And getting back to last night's talk on Iran, and I gave links there to do with Brzezinski and others who gave talks on Iran. And also uh, I've read, read some articles from newspapers to do from last year, a year ago, where Bush signed the order to begin this, the destabilization. It actually was starting a year prior to that, back in 2007. And you can read about this uh, when it was really starting from the New Yorker, and I'll put the links up on cuttingthroughthematrix.com website at the end of the show. But there's a the New Yorker, uh, there's um, Hirsch actually talks about it, and again, he was back all the way to 2007. And Seymour Hirsch, that is, talks about the White House and the Iran on an audio, so I'll put the audio one up. So Seymour Hirsch, he, he uh, 
gave it quite a lot, in fact, on that audio to do with the destabilization process and the money going in to pay people to begin uh, rioting and disrupting from within and pay off officials, etc., that, that standard operating procedure with the CIA, MI6, and all the biggies, Mossad, etc. Nothing new about that at all. It's amazing how they can publish this stuff, and yet the general public still think uh, that the CIA is something like the, the old series, Get Smart. They have no idea what it really is. It's, an, it's something that uses warfare strategies, and not just physical, but psychological, economic. Uh, they use food and economics too. All kinds of methods they use to destabilize countries from within. To go, so that they can get a bigger plan through. And we know, we know that we're not going global. We are global. We've been global for some time. That those countries that haven't quite caught up to that idea have to be taught the lesson. And that's what they're doing right now. They're standardizing that the world, the last few holdouts are being started. And the world is coming in will not be this big, big wonderful utopia a lot of the New Agers think it's going to be. Remember, it's a planned society down to if you even get born or even if you have parents at all uh, right down to even if they can mate so that you are born it's a genetic eugenicist agenda and they don't need all of us too all the big foundations and the department of population at the United Nations have told us this over and over and over but people especially the new agers don't want to believe it they don't want to believe it why because you see over the years, psychopolitics was used in the Western world, especially in America and Canada, and a little bit more in Britain, perhaps. And for 30 years, they were drumming it into people's heads that um, uh, unions like the European Union were, were great ideas. We'd all share and share alike, etc. Meanwhile, as I say, we watch the banks plunder us over and over on behalf of those who rule us. Not, not for our benefits, but for another agenda. Remember, economic war is economic warfare. What you do, they did the same thing they did in the, the first Great Depression. The, the, it wasn't the first one at all, by the way. They had three in the late 1800s in the U.S. when Morgan Bank and different ones got together and plundered the economy three times in the late 1800s. And gold, gold was another guy involved in that. But they call the Great Depression the Great Depression. What happened then? Same thing. One bank went under. And the rest of them went down like dominoes. Supposedly, that's what we're told to believe. And what happened then? A new deal came in. So it was a warfare strategy to bring in a new system. A new system. And that's what's happened again. The new systems come in, and governments now technically own about 50 to 70% of banks. That is what the Soviet Union was after. Strange how we're following that example, isn't it? But I'll put these links up on the site for the New Yorker and the audio as well. Look into it as an eye-opener again. And it'll make sense to you as to what's happening in Iran today. I always tell people, I don't care who you are, what country you're in, never, ever follow leaders for their political agendas. Never do it. You're being used by somebody. Someone's using you. Never do it. You'll never understand the big picture. You'd never imagine what will come out of it at the end. It certainly won't be the world or a nation even that you expected to, to see. It'd be completely different. 
mentioned too, some time back, and I read an article from the mainstream on ICANN. ICANN is the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. But this is a good little spin on it because um, you never know who set it up, according to this article here. But the ICANN was set up by DARPA and with the, the National Security Agency, which is international, by the way. It's an international security agency, the biggest um, electronic eavesdropper on the planet, and it's global. Now, here's how the article here sets it up. The European Commission, and I read this from the mainstream at the time, it may have been from uh, Guardian, it was one of the British papers. The European Commission is once again, this, this particular article is a reprint, really, from the Global Research and the Register from this month. The European Commission is once again calling for the United States to let go of ICANN and place it under international supervision. This is how they play it on the public. Echoing an earlier appeal from EU Commissioner for Information Society and Media. You know there's a Commissioner for Information Society and Media? A Commissar? Vivian Redding, the Commission, said in a statement today that future Internet governance, Internet governance, like global governance, Internet governance. Did you know the whole purpose of the Internet was eventually to be governed? What does government do? It has agendas and political ideologies. Remember that. I said it should reflect the key role that global network has come to play for all countries. Did you know there was a key role? What did you think it was all for? Now, there's an internet governance, that's government, right? With a, saying that the internet is, a, is, a, is um, a key role to play for all countries. What did you think that was? So you can play and watch movies? No. It's a political, ideological agenda. It says here, I can is a California-based non-profit group. You see, this is how it's presented. A California-based non-profit group that oversees the Internet address system. Right? Do you know that at the same time that ICANN popped up, there was a whole bunch of them all over the world uh, popped up at the same time. One for the, the Far East Pacific Rim. One is stuck in Holland somewhere. All at the same time non-profit group just sprung out of nowhere just blossomed like weeds you see and nothing is further from the truth I said before that the CIA has more legitimate real corporations out there making stuff than you'd ever imagine especially in technology because you couldn't have free independent characters coming out and giving you different versions of different things it has to be under security therefore they give you one standard version. That's why Bill Gates was put out there with Microsoft. Who do you think is behind it? It's not Bill Gates making it all. No. It's the military-industrial complex. And ICANN is part of it. But what a great con game. It should be ICON, really, rather than ICANN. Because, because it makes the public think it's just some other separate grassroots movement of just do-gooders. Nothing much to do. They do it in the spare time. They're batteries of the most sophisticated computers you'd ever imagine. Look at your firewall hits if you can read them. You'll find ICANN hitting you every day, God knows how many times, trying to get through your firewall, watching every site that you go into, monitoring everywhere you go. That's not a non-profit, grassroots, part-time operation. And remember it says here, it's got a political, a political agenda, governance, right? It continues here, is it 
It's an inappropriate time, therefore, for the Economic Union to review the progress of ICANN to date and to identify what changes, if any, may be desirable, the Commission said. In a communication entitled Internet Governance, the Next Steps, the Economic Union proposed that ICANN operate under private sector authority for day-to-day Internet management, but ultimately be properly accountable to the international community as a whole. Well, come on. They were set up outside. We, if we are the community, if if that's the community they're talking about, no one asked us if they should go ahead and do this, did they? No, of course not. I'll be back with more on this topic after these messages. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, reading an article here about ICANN, uh, this big internet corporation for assigned names and numbers. It is not a grassroots organization. It's not this little bunch of do-gooders passing their time because they're bored stiff. It's actually it was set up, as I say, by DARPA, the NSA, etc. Now it's a Trojan horse to get put into the world because it's going to eventually be the internet governance body for the world. They had a meeting with members of the U.S. Congress about a month or more ago to demand this, in fact. Never mind the fact that now the Economic Union uh, group, the parliament there, are also demanding the same thing happen, that ICANN be go, go global, basically, and become the supreme uh, governor of the Internet. That's what it was designed to do in the first place. Again, it's just a form of geopolitics and psychopolitics on the public as is the Internet itself. It says here, uh, the commissioner, the commission didn't follow uh, Commissioner Redding in directly calling for a G12 for Internet governance to oversee ICANN, but the paper does say current arrangements with the U.S. government need to be replaced with an alternative mechanism to ensure that ICANN has multilateral uh, accountability. As a joint project agreement is ending, now the commission believes that ICANN should become universally accountable not just to one government, but to the global Internet community. What is the global Internet community? Did, did anyone ask you about anything? It's like saying Britain wants, to go, Britain wants to go to war. The British folk have never been given asked if they wanted to go to war in their history. Same with the Americans. Do you want to go to war? No. But they use these terms like Britain, America, or the Internet community. Suddenly we're a community. Did you know that? As though it's some kind of force behind them of approval of the public. See, this is particularly relevant given the next uh, billion Internet users will mainly come from the developing world. The Commission adds that the question needs to be addressed of how to ensure ICANN's incorporation in California doesn't prevent proper account being taken of U.S. government input. Proper account. It concludes that the EU should begin discussions with the U.S. over making ICANN more open to global input. Well, that's not the general public, which responds or which respects the national priorities of the U.S. while at the same time reflecting legitimate expectations and interests of the international community. Hmm. I love how they word stuff. I really do. It's wonderful. And people, again 
are just what they give us since we are global you see they always give us a, a, um, a trial balloon where they start something off in one country and then they make sure we all hear about it and, and we vaguely look at it with interest some part on TV or something and the next thing you know if, if there's no outcry or warnings or whatever coming in from the general public to the congressmen or politicians they then introduce it in your own country and here's an article here they've used Scotland for a purpose here now, Scotland really, supposedly, has got this quasi-free uh, government. It's, it's still under uh, London's rule. It's still part of the, the Britain, basically. So they've got this titular power they've been given. In other words, they fool the Scots into thinking they're free. As they got this given to them, mind you, they found that they were free inside the confines of the economic union. They've been put into that without being asked either. So they were free to live inside the European Union going and being ruled by the European Parliament. That's wonderful. It's like Ireland, same idea. But great con. Members of the Scottish Parliament to get power to fine over climate change. This is how they're going to start it, you see. 25th of June, 2009. A raft of new powers to crack down on wasteful homeowners and businesses were passed yesterday, giving the Scottish Government the tough tools it needs to meet what it has been hailed as the world's most ambitious emissions targets. Measures voted through by Parliament include the power to fine householders and companies if they do not take action to improve the energy efficiency of their houses and buildings. Charges could be brought in for plastic bags and businesses may be forced to reduce packaging under the powers granted to ministers in the Climate Change Bill. This is all from the United Nations Climate Change Bill. Members of the Scottish Parliament approved tough targets to slash greenhouse gases, these vague things that always follow uh, sunspots. Or, or, or at least uh, solar warming emissions by 42% 42% by 2020 and 80% by 2050 that means about 80% of the public will have to not be around then do you really really get it? do you really really get, see how it all ties together? the legislation which comes month, months after campaigning by whom? was praised by environmental groups, you know, non-governmental organizations paid by the big foundations, and they get grants from governments too. They get grants to lobby the government, from the government. And politicians who said all eyes would now be on Scotland as other countries set their own climate change targets. And what they'll do is say, well, they're doing it in Scotland, I, I guess we should do it too. Like that, that's a re- if they were cutting off the heads of the people in Scotland, should we do it? Should we follow that as well? It says, however, ministers acknowledge that the difficult job of meeting the new targets must begin immediately. Now, the folk there are out of work. They're run off their feet trying to keep some kind of money coming in, maybe two or three part-time jobs, all this kind of stuff. Now they're going to get fined, massive fines, because their house isn't efficient enough, because these old dumps of houses were built long, long ago. And they can't afford new ones. So let's punish the victims. It is a good way to punish the victims. That's what they're doing. Among the powers passed by Parliament to help cut emissions were, measuring, uh, were measures meaning Scots who take steps to curb their homes' energy consumption, such as putting in more insulation, will be awarded a £50 reduction in council taxes. So there's your little, your little carrot. You get £50 less or we'll fine you thousands per day. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
traveling through the matrix, reading an article from the Scotsman on them taking the lead over there, supposedly by their parliament, uh, to reduce emissions. And it says in the article, and I'll read it, the rest of it too, it mentions the fact that this is to take the lead for the rest of the world, which will follow, it says. It says here, the bill requires that 80% of the cuts in emissions have to be found in Scotland, with only 20% made up from paying for reductions overseas through international credits. In other words, they can't find all, all the pollution there and so on that they have to. So they're paying for other people's pollution. Isn't that wonderful, these taxes, eh? And across the world. So they're paying for 20% made up from, from reductions overseas through international credits. But that's these carbon credits. So now they're going to hit the public with everything, and that means inspectors coming around all private and, and public housing. So you have no privacy now. You're, you're, just, you're just a tenant. Just a tenant, just biding your time, passing through. And the Oberfuhrer is now coming into your homes to fine you and, and look through everything to see how you're wasting energy and give you massive fines, punish you, punish you nastily if you'd be a bad boy or girl. Says here, Mike Robinson, chairman of Here You Go, Stop Climate Chaos Scotland, a coalition of non-governmental organizations paid by the foundations and the government, representing 60 organizations, said it was a truly momentous day and that Scotland was taking a lead that others would follow. Remember I read a long time ago the definition of democracy. And I went through some of the history of it by the big writers at the beginning of the 20th century. They said that democracy would eventually be governed or run by big, powerful groups. And if you wanted to say in anything, you'd have to belong to these groups. It was not for the general public. The general public generally never demand anything, you see. Isn't that, haven't you noticed that? Haven't you noticed? They, they, they moan a lot to each other, but they don't demand anything. So the organized groups, just like communism was, they were, they were the most organized outfit on the planet. That's why they're using the communist tactics across the world, the Sovietized collectivist methodology. They found that that's the way you get it through. So we have all these NGOs, non-governmental organizations, well-funded from the foundations, the big charitable front foundations, thousands of them, and governments to give them grants to lobby the governments and demand from the governments what the governments want them to demand. That's how it works. It's very simple. About 200 countries will meet in Copenhagen in December to negotiate a successor to the Kyoto Protocol. That's the one they're all living under right now. Obama's just said he's going to take part in it because he wants it to go much further than Kyoto. And Mr. Robinson said Scotland would set an example to other nations. The Scottish Parliament has voted for legislation that will help that will held, be held up as a positive example to the world, he said. We hope other developed nations will hear this call for action and follow Scotland's lead. He wants to get up into the European Union Parliament, obviously. So it's really on a stampede now. And as I say, the general public will moan and complain, but they're not organized enough to do anything by themselves. You should study the, techno the, the techniques of Sovietization, how they worked, and how they put people into the West. They were called organizers. Their job was to teach the science of organization and how to recruit and train and use techniques of mind control to get fanatical, devoted followers. Remember, too, the Soviet system was called the second great experiment, the U.S. being the first. That's no, it's no coincidence that the Ford 
Foundation admitted to the Rees Commission their job was to blend, was to blend the cultures of the West with the society of the Soviet system. Uh, I've got those links up on my site too from a, well, a long time ago. You'll find them in, the, in my archive section on Norman Dodds and the Rees Commission from the 1950s. Yep, commutarianism is excellent, isn't it? And here's another one, you see. This is how they float it to the public. The Independent, it's from the Independent newspaper. It says here, Autobahn, German town goes car free. Vauban hopes to forge a model community without that great staple of modern life, the car. Now the sound of birdsong has replaced the roar of traffic and children can play in the street. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? They've even got a little rainbow in the little picture they give you to show how wonderful it is. There's a guy on a bicycle. The Germans may have been given the world, or given the world the Auri and the Autobahn, but they have banished everything with four wheels and an engine from the street of Vauban. A model brave new world, brave new world of a community in the country's southwest, next to the borders with Switzerland and France. Then he goes on to see how wonderful it is. They've got flower beds and all that. They're going to give you all flower beds and things. Yeah, sure. So they give you a con to follow. They don't tell you about the, the, the aged and how they get around, or anybody else gets around. You know, they don't tell you what happens. They won't tell you about the folk that have died because they're, they're waiting for someone to get them to a hospital or something. That that won't come into it. No, what you get is rainbows and little flower gardens. It's a model town, you see. It's a United Nations model town. If you want a car, you have to pay about twenty thousand pounds for a space and one of our garages on the outskirts of the district, so, so the wealthy, the very wealthy can do that, you see. Remember Agenda 21? Living in these habitat areas, it won't be like this little model one, remember? It'll be a DOS house for the rest of us. But if you're very wealthy, you can live in one like this, and still have your car on their special um, garages on the outskirts. They'll probably have a taxi service to bring you to with an electric car to, to deliver you there. If you can afford £20,000 for a space in a garage on the outskirts of town. So I won't read the rest of this stuff because it's pure propaganda. But it'll work with some people. There's a lot of conditioned greenies out there that really, really believe all this stuff. Remember the, the first global revolution? The guys that came up with the global warming scam said in their own book, The First Global Revolution. They looked for so many ways to unite the planet in a war time situation. And they said that they hit upon the idea of global warming. That would fit the bill. But you can't use this proof to the, to the brain dead. Can't do it. Because propaganda overcomes everything else with them. They don't have much logic, you see. Strange that Brzezinski said the same thing. And between two ages, he said, we're training the public to think on an, an emotional levels. Emotional levels. Not factual or critical levels, but emotional levels. And when you see this little picture here, you'll see this wonderful... Little, little town, it could be sunset with the rainbow going over it and it's all lovely, like a little cartoon idea, living in a Walt Disney movie, movie where the animals all talk to each other and talk to you too that's what they're giving you this fantasy, an emotional fantasy not a reality and following on with this, I rename a lot of these titles when I look at them because I see that the PR blurb is their handouts to the press. And I, and I try and decipher it and see what it really means. Because they do give you uh, legalities. They will tell you what they're up to if you understand what they're saying. 
Most people don't. They, they don't think on a critical level. They scan, uh, they scan basically headlines and look at pictures and stuff. It says, White House, this is from WashingtonPost.com. White House says, transportation system overhaul must wait. Did you know that the entire American transportation system was going to get an overhaul? No. 26th of June 2009, after rejecting criticism that it is taking on too much, the Obama administration has identified one area where ambitious reforms will have to wait. Overhauling the nation's aging, congested, and carbon-emitting transportation system. That's all cars and vehicles. Overhauling. Have you looked at what mean overhauling means? It says the current six-year $286 billion transportation spending plan. It's a six-year plan. They use these in Sovietization. Six, you know, six years for this, 10, 20, 50 for that. Expires in October, and House members have worked for months to produce a 775-page, $500 billion bill that would create a new fund for road repairs, increase funding for rail and public transit, and include reforms meant to wean the country from fossil fuels. Get the cars off the road. Agenda 21. Is it all connecting now? No. Agenda 21. Those who have a brain left and have some patience and don't fall asleep reading stuff, go into Agenda 21. There is to be no public transportation in this wonderful utopia. It would be essential and government vehicles only. Government, military, police. To wean the country from fossil fuels. A $500 billion bill. But it became clear at a contentious Senate hearing yesterday that the half trillion dollar question is how to pay for the bill. But pay for the same way you paid for the bank bailout. You put the taxpayer on the tab. That's, what you, that's the only thing that taxpayer is there for. The 18.4 cent federal gas tax has not been raised since 93, and revenue from its falls increasingly short every year because of inflation. It's also because less folk are driving, they can't afford it. And they shift to more fuel efficient cars of rubbish. Some in Congress, state governments, and even in the freight trucking industry believe time has come to consider a greatly expanded revenue source. I'm sure the truckers really, really want a greatly expanded rich. What rubbish, eh? Even in the freight trucking industry, they don't name them, they don't tell you who they are. Whether a higher gas tax or more tolls or a shift to vehicles, miles, traveled, that's what they're talking about worldwide. Initially, until they get the cars off the road altogether, they'll charge you per mile that you drive. Vehicle miles traveled fee, which drivers would pay based on how much they drive. It also means if you don't have a GPS system and they track you all the time, you'll have to pay to get one put in. The White House and some of its Senate allies are letting it be known, though, that this is not a discussion they want to have. Now, you're darn right, they don't want it. They don't want to whack the public again, even though it will be done to them eventually, soon. They don't want to do it right now, just after all this muddle with the banks and the bailouts and, and the wars and so on. You know, all that stuff and pandemics coming down and, my God, the sky is falling. This is in the middle of a recession. Really, they'd really care. And as Washington is consumed with battles over health care, well, I forgot that one too, health care, yeah, and energy. Also, polls show that Americans are growing anxious about government spending. They're growing anxious. 
They should have been in an utter panic a long time ago. Earlier this year, when they were criticised for not allocating enough stimulus dollars for transportation, administration officials said there are, transfer, there are transformative plans. Transformative plans. Read up again, those with dictionaries, transformative plan. Would come in six-year renewal bill this fall. This is what they're going to hit you with it. The new one, the post-Kyoto idea. That Obama's going to cheer on for the world. Well, I tell you, I hate even reading these, these, this kind of stuff because, because you have to take the, 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 the PR blurbs, and that's what most media is, just PR handout blurbs that are given, and decipher it for the general public and then tie it together with what's really happening. We'll go to the callers now, and there's Dave from New York. Are you there, Dave? Uh, hello. Hello, yes. Uh, yeah, I just would like to see what your thoughts are on um, Prabhupada and on. Uh, what do you think on his followings. Uh, you do know what I'm referring to? Uh, could you repeat that? I couldn't make a word out there. <laughs> uh, on the cell phone, but uh, if you know who the Divine Grace Prabhupada is and if you can refer to his followings and uh, if you actually agree with him or not. Did you see her sin? Uh, no, no, I said uh, the Divine Grace Prabhupada. I haven't really looked into that, uh, so I can't really uh, reply on that. All right. Uh, not a problem. Uh, maybe, you could, maybe you could also email me and, and um, spell it out, too, because it's very hard to, to hear what you're saying on that phone. Uh, it's a lot of static? It, it's, it's very muffled. Uh, muffled. All right. Yeah. Um, not a problem. And I also would like to have another comment, I guess. Uh, can you hear me clearly or not? I can hear you when you speak up a bit, yeah. Uh, no, I just recently as well had a newborn, and it's amazing uh, how many times uh, they bother you. They bother yeah. you, so it's the dog. Yeah. I think he's gone. Okay, we've well, Kyle from Connecticut. Are you there, Kyle? Hello? Hey. Yes. It's funny that they're having this uh, conference in uh, Copenhagen right before uh, 2010 when the new age comes in. Yes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they got a slogan to go along with it. Uh, they probably the deal. have green outfits too. They all have wearing green. Yeah. Who do you think's uh, giving the Iranians this uh, green for their revolution? Oh, that's from the West as well. If you notice, they did the same thing in Europe uh, in one of the countries there. They gave them orange. You know. For, for the Orange Revolution, and now they're getting a green for there. And uh, remember, too, that even the color green, uh, unknown to most people, is really the real color. Uh, see, red, red was for communist um, revolution and also for Masonic revolution. But green is the sacred color of so international socialism. That's, their, that's it called their sacred color in their own writings. And... Uh, uh, it also means the domination of by those who understand nature over over the rest, those in the darkness, the profane. That's what it means. And Madeleine Albright's grandfather was a man who started up the Green Party that would take over and push the, the, the collective integrated communist and Western ideas together in a new political world system run by experts under sustainability. That was Madeleine Albright's grandfather who worked with Stalin. Amazing, and they're getting all this in place because of uh, 
the big solar maximum that's coming up in 2000. And oh, well, hey, I, I remember when the New Ages were getting pushed, the, the, the photon belt was coming in in the, the early 90s, and it didn't quite happen. So they, they, they bring the same things back and forth for all the New Agers who, who are the end products of uh, what um, Gorbachev said. He said, we're creating a new religion. It must be f- based on a form of earth worship. Well, that's sustainability, if you understand it. But they also needed the big New Age movements, which they started making an awful long time ago, because, uh, as Bertrand also says, we shall make them hedonistic, narcissistic. If you meet New Agers, all they talk about is themselves and their past lives and their karma and, and how they're progressing to the high dimensions and so on. So they give them all this stuff to mind-bomb them. They, they, they sit back thinking everything is always going to be wonderful, even when the countries are going down the tubes. They sit in utter denial. If you've ever seen the movie... It's called Eric the Viking. It's a comedy written by the guys from Monty Python. You, you find the Vikings go to the, the land or the Isle of the Blessed. Everything's perfect there. It's a utopia. And the only thing is, if a single person drops a, one drop of blood on the land, they lose everything and the island sinks. Well, naturally, with the Vikings there, when they arrive, the island starts to sink. And you see all the leaders in this comical fashion going down singing their national anthem. And when the people try to save them, the Vikings try to save them from drowning. They say, no, we don't need your help. Nothing's happening. Nothing. Everything's wonderful. <laughs> so people should really see Eric the Viking to see how perception can be distorted. And people literally con to go along with their own demise. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be back with more after this break. This is Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. It's astonishing what's happening. It truly is uh, when people read stuff, and they they don't analyze anything. They're the most easily... See, they've already been taught a technique of brainwashing, and you just give them their program now. They read stuff, and and they take it at face value, and it's like osmosis, like Jack C. Lowell said. They learn by osmosis, not by thinking through anything. But they truly do believe it's a wonderful new age when they come in. And, and being special people, they're going to be saved out of it. Well, remember that article I read by Julian Huxley of UNESCO? Where he says lots will think that they deserve to go on, but they, they will not measure up. But they'll be used on the, on the way, though, mind you, to bring all this in. Now we'll go to Jeff from Massachusetts. Are you there, Jeff? Well, you know what's funny is, with, with the American people especially, uh, especially up in the northeast, east, it's all about having a full belly, a roof over your head, food on the plate. Uh, you'll sell you, a, a person will sell their soul for, for, for a nice government job. Because mm-hmm. you see, I, I think people have sized it up internally, which is we are now under communism. Yeah. And the only yeah. good jobs out there are government jobs or government-related jobs. And, right on. And if a yeah. person doesn't play ball, they'll get a government job. And and you know what? That's that's going to turn into if you don't toe the line, you wind up in a concentration camp and yep. you get sued of all your goodies. Mm-hmm. So 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 if you want your goodies and you want your wife and you want your kids, a yep. person will do as they're told. You're right on this whole idea. Remember, I've gone through the Royal Institute for International Affairs. The guys who helped to fund—they were bankers. Remember, that's who made up the initial top crew, and they funded communism. And communism is founded where everyone works for the state. 
Now it's the world state, and they're bringing in this voluntary, mandatory service stuff, but the, the Royal Institute and CFR said the world that they will bring in will be a one-off service. Everyone will serve the world's community, meaning the world state. So you're right on. Mm-hmm. Let's call it by what it really is. It's called communism. Yeah. Yes, or... Or a bigger, or a better word, collectivism. And collectivism covers yeah. communism, Nazism, and yeah. all the other isms. It's being part of the group. If you're not part of the group, you're in a concentration camp. And even, even, even the articles I said before, Nazism was just a, the same branch, same offspring of, of communism. They both came from the same roots. And in the earlier Goebbels reports, I've even given the links up for the videos, you'll see that the propaganda for Hitler had actually said that, that he was equal to Lenin, uh, equal to Stalin, basically, in his goals and ambitions for the people. And they used the same ads, and they put their faces together in initial propaganda ads. This is all a collectivism or socialism, again, coupled with Darwinism and evolution. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and you know what? Under, under collectivism... You don't have a free media. You, I mean, I mean, if you yes. look at Iran, Iran is America's future, plain mm-hmm. and simple. Media shut off, and they just massacre the people, and you don't even know about it. That's right. Uh, that's like Pravda. Pravda ran the Soviet Union. That was the official voice of the state. <laughs> yes, I- exactly. Well, it looks like you're almost out of time, and I do thank you for having me on, and have a great night. And you too. Thanks for calling. I'm glad there are people out there who understand don't get confused by the terms that are given by the media. They can they actually know what they're seeing and what it really is. But just before I go, there's an article from the UK News. This is from the Daily Express. A guy with arthritis, an old man, was in a charity shop, probably buying second-hand clothes, and a bank note fell from his hand for a £10 notes. The cops fined them £50 on the spot for dropping litter. That's what the cops are for. That's what the cops are for, your friendly policeman. £50 fine for dropping a £10 banknote. Yeah, that's right, it's how you feel this stuff. Well, from Hamish, myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, Amir. God or your gods go with you. <laughs>